The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. The horses are at the gate. And they're off! Welcome to Winning Ponies. With a weekend coming up, this is the spot to be for news, handicapping, and spotlights featuring the winners behind horse racing today. Now, here's your host, John Engelhart, racing's regular guy. All right, and welcome back with us on another edition of Winning Ponies. We're heading down to the end of the year, so I thought I'd bring in uh, two experts uh, to kind of take a look back in the rearview mirror and see some of the highlights of 2014 and then maybe to shine a little light on who they think uh, could be the divisional champions and eventual horse of the year. Our first guest will be Jim Mulvihill from the NTRA. And as we announced last week, congratulations to Jim, too. He is now the president of the Turf Publicist of America. He was out at the uh, Symposium on Racing and Gaming at the University of Arizona, so we'll probably hit on some of the top topics that were discussed out there uh, during the symposium and at the bar after the formal events. And then uh, we're going to go to uh, Snowy Saratoga and talk to our friend Tom Law, Tom, of course, involved with this is horseracing.com, as well as being the managing editor of ST Publishing, uh, who puts out the Saratoga special. And uh, we're going to talk to Tom about all things in racing in 2014 and with an eye towards the future. Of course, very happy this year to have brought on uh, our new sponsor, and that's 123 Racing Pick 6. It's America's Newest handicapping contest style pick six wager. One, two, three racing. It's not like any other pick six. It's just a $2 pick six, but it's got a twist to it. It's America's most exciting wager. What you do is you score points across six races to scoop the pool. And uh, the uh, longer odd horses that you get give you the best chance uh, to pull down the winners, and they're all guaranteed. All you need to do to play is at 123bet.com. That's pretty easy and uh, the uh, winners this month are guaranteed $100,000 in payouts again 123 racing pick 6 and uh, uh so get your pen out play today 123bet.com that's 123bet.com don't forget you can use our easy win forms here at winning ponies go to the website a lot of great stuff up on the website for you. And if you did use our products last week, on Sunday, a humongous hit at Aqueduct. The $2 pick six paid $13,130. On Saturday at Hawthorne, a $1 super paid over $2,600. On Sunday at Golden Gate, a $2,600 $1 super key. And at Hawthorne, just this Wednesday, a $2 pick six paid out for five of six, and the payout, $3,823. That's the easy win forms through 
winning ponies. Okay, well, uh, mirror, mirror on the wall, who's the best jockey of them all? Well, some people say British jockey Ryan Moore is, as he was honored as the inaugural recipient of the Longines World Best Jockey Award during a ceremony at the gala dinner of the Longines Hong Kong International Races. Uh, over at Hong Kong last week where they had all those humongous races. Uh, the award is based upon performances in the 100 highest rated Group 1 and Grade 1 races. I'm just wondering if this is a little leaning towards the European guys. Uh, Christophe Sumion finished second with 88 points, and then Aiden O'Brien's son Joe finished third with 72. And then you've got to get down when you go to uh, – Seventh, you get Johnny V and Richard Hughes, who who tied. Uh, other American jockeys uh, that were mentioned were Joe L. Rosario. Again, it'd uh, be interesting to see how it's set up. Uh, it seems like a little bit more of the weight is going to the group horses. Well, as we head down to the end of the year, the ballots still aren't in for the Eclipse Awards. And uh, just like last week, uh, that uh, Take Charge Brandy probably stamped herself as the top two-year-old filly. The voting and the racing isn't over, and Shared Belief is going to make one last start at that Eclipse Award, is going to run in the Malibu Stakes. This race has always been recognized as one of the most prestigious sprints, and uh, certainly this grade one race uh, could go on very strongly to determine not only the best three-year-old, but... 2014 Horse of the Year. Uh, this race has been won in the past by uh, Roundtable, Native Diver, Buck Passer, Damascus, Ancient Title, Spectacular Bid, and Precisionist. Uh, some great horses. Uh, the Malibu is going to be one of two grade one races the day after Christmas as Santa Anita begins its 78th season. The other grade one race is the La Brea. So uh, balloting is not done until all the races are run in 2014. The Eclipse Award finalists will be announced on January 7th, and the winners will be revealed the evening of Saturday, January 17th at Gulfstream Park. Jerry Hollendorf, we're very happy the way that shared belief is training. Mike Smith, of course, will be back in the saddle, and uh like, like he said, he's not worried about the turn back uh, two months after the Classic in which he ran fourth, the first race that he did not win, and he's a good sprinter. So shared belief in the Malibu day after Christmas. If you're looking for something to do, shared belief might be what you want to watch. And by the way, speaking of Christmas, I don't know if you've, uh, if you've missed somebody on your gift list. It's certainly uh, not too late. You know, you can always say, I just didn't get it in the mail in time. I'll get it to you later. But there's a really a great offer going on right now and for a great cause. Uh, the 2015 commemorative horse racing calendars are available now, and they're all autographed by Hall of Fame jockey John Velasquez. Now, luckily, uh, thanks to Curtis Cody, I hold one in my hands. Uh, they partnered up with JockeyTalk360.com, and the photography is absolutely sensational. They even give you a December uh, calendar if you get get it early enough so you can mark off the final days. All right, so much for the perfect gift. Again, how do you do it? Well, uh, if you order 
before the 19th, they'll probably get there on Christmas, but still, this is something you want, even if this is past Christmas and you want to do it. So it's, they're only $25 plus $9.95 shipping and handling. So go to jockeytalk350.com. That's jockeytalk360.com. Don't forget, the ones that you're ordering here are going to be autographed by John Velasquez. Well, we finally got a voice of reason out there. This is a debate that rears its ugly head every year. We don't have a triple crown winner. Uh, In an interview with the Baltimore Business Journal on Wednesday, the new Maryland Jockey Club president, Sal Sinatra, says he does not share his predecessor's interest in pushing for changes in the triple crown. Thank you, Sal. He says, I come from racing, I come from history, and I don't mess with that. Uh, previously, uh, Tom Chukas held the position before him. He was talking about moving the Preakness, which, of course, would move the Belmont Stakes. And uh, Sinatra, he was the director of racing at, at Parks. And he says he's going to put his emphasis on uh, field size and getting more people to the races, but he ain't going to mess with the Triple Crown. Well, uh, while uh, voting is restricted for the Eclipse Awards, you can get in on the NTRA Moment of the Year fan voting. We'll talk to Jim Mulvihill a little bit about that, but uh, it it is open. You can go to the website, www.ntra.com, for the Moment of the Year. And uh, they have picked several excellent ones. Here they are, you know, chronologically, not of of importance, but uh, we'll take it from early in the season when Game on Dude won the Santa Anita Handicap, becoming the first three-time winner in the Big Cap's 77-year-old history. And then uh, Johnny V, when he won the Spiral Stakes on We Miss Artie, became the first North American rider to surpass $300 million. Of course, you've got California Chrome winning the 140th Derby, uh, the first uh, California horse since decidedly back in 1962. And then, of course, you've got uh, NBC's Kenny's Rice's uh, interview after the Belmont Stakes. Uh, that uh, was quite a moment. And uh, how about uh, trainer Jimmy Jerkins uh, saddling the one-two finishers in the Traverse Stakes with V.E. Day and Wicked Strong? And, of course, uh, very close to my heart, Wise Dan, when he returned after more than two months from the colic surgery to win the Bernard Baruch. Uh, his big race at Keeneland was a... Was a Fine tingler for me also. Uh, then we've got Tom Durkin calling the final race of his uh, career at Saratoga. Uh, he, he could certainly be the moment. Uh, then you do have the passing of, of Cigar. And how about Rosie Napravnik announcing a retirement live on NBC? Even her mother didn't know about it as she stood there in the winner's circle after she won the distaff aboard Untappable. And then uh, Bayern. This Debate will be going on for a while. Survive the inquiry, the bumping at the start of the $5 million Breeders' Cup Classic. So don't forget, you can go get in on the NTRA moment of the year. Go to www.ntra.com. Well, a good friend of ours, Michael Blowen, from Old Friends, is going to get another award, and deservedly so. As part of the Eclipse Awards events, Thoroughfan announced that it's going to honor the Award at the banquet, Thoroughfan Old Friends Award goes to Michael Blowen for just the support and the, the great work that he has done in bringing awareness to retired thoroughbreds uh, in our sport. We're also going to touch on briefly with uh, Jim Overhill. Tom Durkin is going to also receive an Eclipse Award 
of merit, and deservedly so. Uh, as you know, 64-year-old Durkin um, retired this year, and I hope you were tuned in to Saratoga. I know that uh, Ed Meyer and I turned the TV up and stuck around the races to listen to his final farewell, and it was the greatest uh, line was when he said, there's one person that is completely responsible for this wonderful life that I've had the privilege to live in horse racing. That person is here today at Saratoga, and everybody stopped and wondered, who is this person? And then he continued, right now, he's in the backyard sitting at a picnic table under a pine tree looking at this image on the television. She's at the top of the stretch leaning over the rail, and she's in a box seat or at a simulcast center in Syracuse or at a track in Ohio or in front of a computer in California. The person I owe an inexpressible gratitude is you, the racing fan, the horse player. Thank you. Tom Durkin, what a class act. You will be missed, and you deserve the honors that you are getting. Again, uh, we're, we're heading down the stretch at the end of the year. Uh, we're going to look at some of the uh, end-of-the-year awards, the, the graded stakes winner by Breeder. Darley's on top there. Owner, Ken and Sarah Ramsey. Sire, Giants Causeway, goes in front of Tappet with a 12 uh, graded stakes winners. Uh, trainer, Todd Pletcher, a long winner. And the best sales company right now, Keeneland, another winner by links. Well, uh, we want to, uh, again, thank everybody for, for tuning in today and for, for being a part of the Winning Ponies family as we, as we head down the, the stretch this year. We, we certainly appreciate your participation, and I really appreciate people like Jim Mulvihill and Tom Law and uh, Bill Mooney, all the great guests that, we, that, we, that we've had, and the jockeys and trainers that have made this a, a super program and, and a fun radio show uh, to take part of. It's uh, because of you listeners and our sponsors, 123Bet, that we're able to keep it going. Thanks a lot for tuning in. This is at the end of the show, just the end of the first segment. When we come back, we're going to be talking to Jim Mulvihill, the new prez at the Turf Publicist of America. You're listening to Winning Ponies. to the pros we, we, we cover, everything. cover everything let your voice be heard voice america sports and they're off what can't make it to the track you can still get all the action with winningponies.com the home of the easy win form the most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds quarters and arabian horses at most american and canadian tracks whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry. Let WinningPonies.com make some money for you. Introducing the One Two Three Racing Pick Six, America's newest and most exciting wager. It's the bet that puts you in the race. Win the new $2 wager by scoring points across six races to scoop the national pool. If you love handicapping contests, you'll love 123 Racing. Compete against America on track and online now. Pools are open at 123bet.com. 
this month, there are $100,000 in guaranteed payouts. Learn more and wager now at 123bet.com. That's 123bet.com. Licensed and regulated in the USA. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, John Engelhart. Got a tip for us? Need a tip from us? If you want to talk with John or his guests, the phone lines are now open toll-free at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or you can send an email to show at winningponies.com. Now, back to Winning Ponies with John Engelhart. All right, and with me now, as previously stated... Jim Mobile from the NTRA is with us. He's currently the Director of Media and Industry Relations. Uh, it's a very important position, and uh, in doing so, he's got to keep kind of a uh, you know nationwide view of the sport. So uh, he uh, got to go to the racetrack industry program at the University of Arizona as a student, and he's back mm-hmm. there now as a professional. Not this moment, but he was <laughs> last week, and he's with us right now. Jim Mulvihill, first of all, congratulations on being uh, elected president of the Turf Public of America. And for reasons of transparency, I will tell you, you got my vote. Well, thank you, John. Everyone's been telling me that, but uh, but I appreciate that. It's 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 a really huge honor. I I, I was blown away. I mean, being uh, being voted into a position like that by people that you respect so much is. is is really what makes it the biggest honor. I mean, the members of the turf publicists are, are the people that I love most in the world. It's a lot of my best friends and, and a lot of people that I've admired for a very long time. So I, I couldn't be more honored. Thank you. Well, it's, it, it's one of those awards. It's kind of like, uh, to, uh, a writer, you know, the, the Walter hate award, because mm. you are voted in by your contemporaries. And so that says that they've observed you, they've watched you, and they believe that you're going to be the next guy to help bring our efforts forward as being a former president and a current supporter and member of the TPA. It's not easy because, as you know, there's more and more empty seats in the press boxes across North America and less and less of us on print. Hopefully, through some of the NTRA's efforts, there's going to be a little bit more of us on, on television, uh, so it, it's not an easy position, but it's it's an important one, Jim. It really is. No, and I, I sympathize with what you're talking about. I, I think the landscape has changed so drastically. Um, you know, for those of us who are publicists, the 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 job has changed from being somebody who helps others tell the story of racing to being someone who needs to take the initiative to tell the story themselves and. You know, I think when I started off in the business, which, which, you know, 15 years ago, I got my first paid job in racing and that's not that long ago, but, but it's changed so drastically since then. I mean, 15 years ago, a publicist spent all their time dealing with the, dealing with the local media and trying to assist those folks. Now there are so few people who are committed to covering horse racing. I feel like our jobs are more to 
not compete with the media, but you need to take the initiative and be proactive and, and tell your story yourself or else it's not going to get out there. You absolutely, you, you, you hit the nail on the head. I mean, I remember when I started, you know, it would be great. You know, I would, I would know that, uh, you know, Mary Jean Wall or, or Bill Mooney or, or Tom Archdeacon or uh, Jay Pribben just, you know, put, put, put a ring around them. Uh, we're going to come, and all I needed to do was provide them the information, and they would take the story and run with it. Now mm-hmm. it's pretty much our job to convince the media that we've got a great story here. Come on out and cover it. Yeah, and you have to be you have to be able to show it to them and and really lay it out there in the simplest terms. And you know, I I, I learned that in the in the most drastic way possible when I was at the fairgrounds. And and when I started there, we had a. a a great local turf writer in Bob Fortas, and uh, and oh, I love him. When he took the oh, he's the greatest. And when he took the buyout from the Times Picayune, and they didn't replace that position, suddenly everything changed in New Orleans, and you couldn't count on the fact that there was going to be somebody there telling your story every day. And it really it, it changed everything that I did in my office because suddenly we had to, <laughs> we had to give the story to our fans directly. Bob Fortas could not could no longer be our our conduit to our fans, or at least our core fans, nor, nor could I rely on the fact that the rest of the local media was going to just pick up on what Bob was writing in the newspaper. I had to be able to show them what we were writing or show them a video that we had made so that they could understand why this is important. Whereas when you have a daily turf writer in your city, everybody else can just take their cues from that person. So it, it's really changed a lot. You know, it just struck me that you and I have worked the same position not once but twice when I was the track publicist <laughs> down at the fairgrounds. And again, I can totally relate to it. And Bob loved it when I was down there because we we were like minds. And uh, I, I could just give him a story, didn't have to spoon feed him, send him in the direction yep. and know that it was going to get get done. He was a great example of one of the fine, fine, uh, you know, turf writers that uh, – Sad to say, are are no longer full time employed. Another one that you've probably met to, because he's basically in that area. Gary West is another great example of a, a guy that all you know, you just all you had to do was just say, "Hey, do you need anything?" And he'd say, "No," and the story would would take uh, you know flight on its own. Well, let's change gears a little bit. You were out in Arizona, first of all, briefly. Mm-hmm. How was the big sport of turf drum award uh, ceremony? Uh, Tom Durkin, he had to be great. It, it was fantastic. Um, you know, we, we could not have landed on a better honoree. Uh, the big sport of Turfdom, for folks that don't know, it, it's it's really meant to honor somebody who uh, has been helpful to the media over the course of the year, has been very accommodating. Uh, so, you know, Tom is going to be honored again with an Eclipse Award next month, and Tom has received already several awards uh in the second half of, of this year. Uh, and, and a lot of those are lifetime achievement awards, but, but I think what makes the big sport of Turfdom Award different is that we're really recognizing somebody who went out of their way to be accommodating with the media. So it's specific to the turf publicist in that sense. And uh, Tom, he, he did so many interviews around his retirement, and he was by far the best story in racing this year. And that's, that's in a year that, that included a near triple crown winner, uh, it included everything that happened around the Breeders' Cup with Rosie's incredible retirement announcement. But when you look at, at who generated the most positive stories for the for the mainstream media this year, it was Tom Durkin. There there isn't anybody in racing that's more beloved, and uh, and, and I was so happy to 
to hang out with him a little bit and then to hear his acceptance speech, which was just breathtaking and inspiring. I mean, the one that he gave on his final day at Saratoga was incredible, uh, but he, he matched it or maybe even exceeded it with his acceptance speech at the symposium. Uh, he talked about, he talked about what, what his retirement demonstrated to him as far as the fans of racing, how many of them are out there and how passionate they are. And I, I found it very moving because we talk so often about how racing is in decline and where do we find new fans. But a story like Tom's really shows you how, how many committed racing fans there are and how passionate they are. And he talked about that and he had everybody in the room choked up and it, it was, it was just phenomenal. And, and it makes me look forward to his speech next month at the Eclipse Awards because I'm sure he'll give yet another one that is just as breathtaking. Well, uh, J- Jim Mulvihill of the NTRA, I don't know if you were listening earlier, but I actually did read his quote there where he, where he called out the one special mm-hmm. person he wanted to thank. And I remember we were in the press box, and we are all looking at each other like, who's this going to be? And <laughs> right. he's like, you know, because there was this pause, which he's so great at, and all of a sudden he's like, it's you, the person sitting under the tree, the person at OTB at Syracuse, the person at a racetrack in Ohio. And we were like, oh, you know, because I'm thinking, who could be the one person that so dominated, you know, uh, to Tom Durkin's life? And so I can imagine that it was a, a very similar situation uh, out there uh, at the University of Arizona. And while you're saying that, let's not taint our listeners because they get a chance to vote uh, through the NTRA for the 16th annual NTRA Moment of the Year. Yes, and uh, that voting is open right now. If you go to NTRA.com, that'll that'll take you to the link where you can vote, and, and it's one vote per person. Uh, and there there are ten choices, and I would put Tom Durkin's retirement as one of the the front runners for Moment of the Year. And I think what I said a few minutes ago reveals where I stand. I mean, Tom, Tom's retirement, I think was one of the, the most touching things I've, I've ever seen in racing, but this is one of the most competitive years that we've ever had for this vote. Um, oh, yeah. I was telling somebody the other day that, you know, there are 10 options and I think half of the field would be a runaway winner in a normal year. Last year, the moment of the year, uh, as voted by the fans was mucho macho men's win in the breeders cup classic, which was a deserving winner. It was an awesome finish. He wins by a nose. There are great backstories there, but I, I would argue that half of the half of the options for the moment of this year are, are perhaps even more extraordinary because they weren't they weren't once a year occasions. They were they were once in a lifetime occasions. You look at the start of the Breeders' Cup Classic, or really the, the entire race. You look at California Chrome, uh, not just his Derby win, but also his his Belmont defeat as well as the aftermath of that with Steve Coburn spouting off and, and <laughs> garnering all the attention that he did, whether you think of it as negative or positive, he had racing splashed all over the mainstream media for weeks. Um, and then Rosie's retirement at the Breeders' Cup, which was a, a really touching moment and, and caught everybody off guard. So any one of those, I think, in a normal year would be a runaway winner, but we had so many extraordinary moments this year that it's it's a really tough choice. Yeah, absolutely, and 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 another one that uh, you know just was overwhelming as far as uh, you know equine accomplishments. Uh, 
Wise Dan's comeback, not only at his age, but because of his uh, his physical situation and the way that, that, that he came back at Saratoga and then the way that he, he went out uh, at, at Keeneland, uh, it was just sensational. So, yeah, it, it's not going to be easy. And let's face it, just for, just for eye-popping moments, yeah, Rosie's announcement that even her mother didn't know about, uh, that, that was a moment of the year uh, for sure. Well, um, well and, 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 you know, you bring, you bring up an interesting point about Wise Dan. I mean, we we only have 10 spots to fill, and it was a difficult choice deciding between do we use the Saratoga comeback race or the win at Keeneland because people were equally as moved by the win at Keeneland. Uh, but you also don't want to put in two wise Dan victories because then they're going to split the vote. So, right. you know, it, it, in some ways there were moments, there were incredible moments that didn't make the cut. I mean, we also could have made, we could have made California Chrome's Belmont victory one moment and Steve Coburn mouthing off on national TV at a separate moment. We combined those. We only gave Wise Dan one vote, but, I mean, you could, you, you could easily expand the list to, to 15 that I think would be worthy. Absolutely, and it had to be tough. Well, we're, we've been talking with Jim Mulvihill, the NTRA, and, again, I want to remind you guys, again, you can't vote on the Eclipse but you can vote on this and, and just go to their site. Of course, we all know it's www.ntra.com, and you'll be able to become a part of it and be able to track it and see which moment kind of wowed you uh, the most. Well, Jim Mulville, I want to, again, congratulate you on your presidency of the Turf Publicists of America and, and, and wish you nothing but the best. If there's anything I can do to help, feel free to pick up the phone. And uh, you, you're doing a great job. I just hope your plate isn't too full. Uh, that you can get the job done. <laughs> John, I appreciate that, and uh, you know we'll, we'll still make time to uh, to have some fun as well. I, I, a lot of people don't know this, but the first time I ever met John Englehart was uh, was at a bar in Tucson uh, when I was a student at the racetrack program, and and I hope to challenge you in a game of shuffleboard sometime in the future. <laughs> You're on, my friend. Thanks a million. We were talking with Jim Mulville from the NTRA and the Turf Publicists of America. And uh, we're going to take a little bit of a break here, get our sponsors some time. And when we come back, we're going to be going to thisishorseracing.com's main man, Tom Law. You're listening to Winning Ponies. The fans now have a voice to speak their mind. No holds barred. They need to bitch his ass and then move oh, on. I just, and get I just ready think that the coach made a mistake. All crazy. <laughs> NFL, MLB, NBA, NHL. Speak up. Speak up. Or forever hold your mouth. We ain't playing around here. Voice America Sports. And they're off. What? Can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with winningponies.com, the home of the easy win form, the most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry. Let winningponies.com make some money for you. Introducing... 
The one, two, three racing pick six. America's newest and most exciting wager. It's the bet that puts you in the race. Win the new $2 wager by scoring points across six races to scoop the national pool. If you love handicapping contests, you'll love one, two, three racing. Compete against America on track and online now. Pools are open at one, two, three bet.com. This month, there are $100,000 in guaranteed payouts. Learn more and wager now at 123bet.com. That's 123bet.com. Licensed and regulated in the USA. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, John Engelhart. Got a tip for us? Need a tip from us? If you want to talk with John or his guests, the phone lines are now open toll-free at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or you can send an email to show at winningponies.com. Now, back to Winning Ponies with John Engelhart. All right, and with me, I've said this before, and I mean it, Tom Law, one of my favorite people in the sport of thoroughbred racing. Uh, he was the former longtime managing editor for the Thoroughbred Times, along with, with his buddy, Greg Charcudian, who we, we've had on Winning Ponies before, uh, won the Eclipse Award for Multimedia Internet category. Uh, he's a two-time winner of the Breeders' Cup Writing Award. He won the Red Smith Kentucky Derby Writing Award, which is an amazing accomplishment. Uh, not only a great writer, but a great managing editor. Right now he's with ST Publishing. And, of course, along with Joe and Sean Clancy, operates the popular website, thisishorseracing.com. Tom Law, how the heck are you? I am great, John. It's, uh, it's good to talk to you, and, and happy holidays. Y- yes, yes, happy holidays. Now, uh, you, you are no longer uh, very far from me. Uh, you're, you're there in upstate New York is, uh, in the Saratoga. Is there snow on the ground? We got a little bit of snow. We've had a little bit of melting the last few days. We haven't had, uh, haven't had much sun lately, probably in a good uh, week and a half or so. And, uh, but, but it's been a little bit uh, warmer maybe than it was last winter. Last winter is my first winter up here after 15 years in Lexington. So um, it's been, it hasn't been that bad of a winter so far. And, and I, I, you know, I don't know if we're getting any snow anytime soon. Uh, I'm getting ready to go to New Orleans uh, for a little bit of a Christmas uh, busman's holiday, mostly pleasure. Uh, but uh, so hopefully I'll get out before the snow comes. Ah, way down yonder in New Orleans, a great place, a great place to be this time of year. I, I did get to, to, uh, to spend a little time down there uh, years ago. I, I loved it. Well, I just, I just want to first of all thank you um, for something you did about two weeks ago, and that was that you, you put the spotlight on my friend Bill Mooney. And uh, by talking about the letter that that he he uh, sent out to the national turf writers and broadcasters, and I, I've since uh, spent an afternoon with Bill, and he just said he wanted to make sure that he got the story straight, and uh, I really appreciate you you bringing that out in, in the public through thisishorseracing.com. Well, absolutely. We, that's, uh, I, I talked to the Clancy brothers uh, shortly after we did it, and they both, they both were kind of in agreement. They're like, you know, that's why... That's what we do, you know. That's what we created the site for. You know, we're not trying to be a a newsy site, trying to break scoops and, and stuff. I mean, which which we do from time to time, but that's not our primary goal. Our primary goal is to 
put the focus on the horses and the people that are involved in racing. And, uh, you know, turf publicists and, and turf riders are, are part of the game as much as, uh, as much as the owners, trainers, and, and breeders. Obviously, we don't uh, have as big an, uh, as a financial investment, but we have a professional investment. And somebody like Bill, who is a friend of mine as well, uh, you know, his letter was just absolutely touching to me. And um, I, I stood, I, I printed it out one day and I hadn't, uh, read it all. And, uh, my wife came home and, and we were kind of doing some Thanksgiving type stuff around the house. And, um, she said, what's that? And, and I said, Oh, it's this letter from Bill Mooney that he wrote to the, to the members of the turf writers. And she's like, Oh, did you read it yet? I said, no, I just kind of scanned it a little bit. And I told her that he had cancer and he was dealing with that. And, uh, I, she said, well, read it. Will you read it to me? So I, I sat there and I just read it out loud to her. And it was like overwhelming as you know. And I just thought, you know, I sent him an email and said, Bill, I, I really love your, your letter. I lost my mother to cancer last year, so I, I can I can relate to a lot of the things that are in here. Uh, would you mind if I shared your letter with our readers? I, I do think it's a great, you know, it, you just did a great job with it. And, and he was like, oh, absolutely. So, um, you know, I, I was glad to do it. And, and uh, you know, it's, it's obviously open. I hopefully, hopefully it's opened up some lines of communication with him and, and people that know him throughout the game and, and all over the country. Well, you know, just uh, again to, to let our listeners know, and of course uh, th- they can go to uh, thisishorseracing.com and, and, and pull it down, I'm sure. But uh, Bill, who I had on uh, just a week ago, we did not address it on air. And he uh, is suffering from stage four cancer, but I've never seen a guy uh, take it on as valiantly as he is. Luckily, he's he's very physically fit. He's a weightlifter, a bodybuilder, so he was pretty fit and uh, he's determined to stick around as long as he can, but his, I'll tell you, Tom, his, his outlook is just so positive. It, it's just fantastic to see, and it, 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 it warmed my soul. But, again, as you stated, um, part of what you do is to, is, is to you know, bring about um, not just the, the top stories in racing, but to talk about you know, some of the people and personalities that make this game go. Absolutely, and uh, I... I... I enjoyed. I listened to. Uh, I, I caught the uh, the replay on your guys' website of the of the back uh, last last week's episode while I was waiting to come on here. I, I, I just listened to you for a little while talking to Jim Alvahill, who I've known for many many years, and uh, enjoyed that as well. But I like to I like to hear Bill, and I, he had some great opinions on uh, on the Keeneland Breeders' Cup that uh, yeah. I haven't really seen or heard uh, anybody write about or anything. So it was uh, you know that that's why he's one of a kind, and that's why. He's uh, as respected as he is because he has he had he's not afraid to speak his opinion and then and there was, no no he's a, was you know two time Eclipse Award winner Walter Hayde Award winner uh, right. you know he's like he's like what are they going to do pull my press credentials <laughs> right so, right he's nah, let's, let's sure. move on to, let's move forward it's been an exciting year um, man I I don't know who you're going to cast your ballot too. Certainly you can't write it yet. Shared belief's going to race, you know, in in the Malibu. Uh, we just saw Take Charge Brandy jump up and big uh, have a big race late in the season. Uh, this is a great horse of the year scenario uh, for this year. You know, I mean, you got Baron, you got you got California Chrome, you've got Main Sequence, and you made a good point on your site about him last week because of the win of Flintshire overseas. Absolutely. Uh, Flintshire, of course, was second in the Arc de Triomphe and second in the Breeders' Cup Turf. And I, I really think the 
fact that he, he showed his quality winning the race over in Hong Kong, which was a group one race against an international field, uh, really showed his quality. And, you know, I mean, horse racing, uh, whether right or wrong, we, we do a lot of, you know, who did he beat and, and what races are you winning? And obviously main sequence, he won four grade ones um, in, in four starts, and he beat that horse. And that really showed. And not that, not that there was any questions really about the, the field in the Breeders' Cup turf. I thought it was a, a good field. Was it the best field that they've ever had? You know, maybe, maybe not. You know, prob- probably not. But it was, a, it was a strong field. And it was, you know, it was a strong field because you had horses like Twilight Eclipse and, uh, and, and Shug McGee's horse in there that they had been knocking heads with each other all year long. And, and they, they have all, you know, they all transferred their form pretty well. And I think it was a very, very good race. And then the Europeans, of course, always, uh, always add to the, to the strength of that race for sure. So, you know, uh, main sequence, I guess he's a leader in the clubhouse for me right now. Um, you know, I'm, I'm go, I go, I go all different directions all the time. You know, at, at first, uh, Bayern, the, the Breeders' Cup Classic was supposed to be the race to, to decide it. And, uh, of course, that race had all kinds of issues that uh, a lot of people see. Uh, certain things should have happened in the race. Certain things didn't happen. But, uh, you know, the fact of the matter is he won the race and he won a lot of other pretty important races uh, this year as well. Um, you know, but he didn't really show up in the, in the ones that, that count for me the most, uh, the, probably the Preakness. And, you know, being a, a guy that covers Saratoga racing uh, pretty heavily, his, his race in the Travers was just an absolutely unforgivable race, in my opinion, to just uh, throw in the towel the way he did. Now, it was only one race. I know you can't really hold it against a horse like that. But, uh, you know, you know, I started looking at the PPs today for the for the contenders and you know, I looked at old wise Dan, you know, and I thought, man, I mean, like, you know, he's probably not going to get it. But I thought, it's hard to knock a horse like wise Dan. He was the horse of the year the last two years. He didn't lose. And, and he won three grade ones. And, <laughs> and, and, and yeah, and what do you do did, with you know? a filly yeah. like Untappable, where the only time she ventured out of her division she loses a race. Other than that, uh, she was more, one of the most dominant fillies what we've we've seen in the last couple of years. Right, absolutely. I, I think I think she has a little bit going against her because I think I, I'm not crazy about the three year old filly division this year. I, I didn't think it was that strong, and the older filly division uh, really kind of fell apart towards the end of the year. Princess of Silmar uh, didn't really finish out the year and, and wasn't as, as good this year as she was last year. Uh, Bell of Galante was a little bit of a suspect character, and then Close Hatches, who's the who's the horse that I I may end up voting for for the Eclipse Award. You know, she certainly tailed off uh, significantly at the end of the year, which was very surprising. But um, for a, a Judd Mott, Bill Mott type horse, but you know, I had a conversation with Bill about her. And he, uh, you know, he talked about sometimes just Phillies just go the wrong way and they get a little older. Um, so I think that hurts Untappable a little bit. But you know, she was certainly a, a head and shoulders the best in the division. I think maybe she's so good that maybe it makes the rest of the division look so bad. So I think you kind of, there's a lot of variables in there. And then, you know, like, like you said, uh, you know, the three-year-old male division with California Chrome in there, he, uh, you know, I think he locked up the three-year-old title winning the, the Hollywood uh, Derby. Yes. A grade one race on the turf. You know, he did it easily. He did it the way you're supposed to do. And he's got a lot of grade one wins. He won the, he won the Derby and the Preakness. It's hard to deny a horse that's won the Derby and the Preakness same year and had a chance for the triple crown and really only got beat uh 
<laughs> you know, a couple yards for the whole thing. Yeah, he ran a credible um, Belmont. Absolutely. I think a lot of people forget that. And I, and I think, you know, Tonalist was a kind of a long shot that day, but uh, not a huge long shot by any means. But, uh, I mean, Tonalist has come back and shown what kind of horse he is. And I think he's a horse of real quality. Um, and, and the other horses that were in the race ahead of California Chrome that day were, were also pretty good. I mean, the Belmont was a good race this year, and, like, he just barely got beat. So after a, a long road, for sure. Well, uh, we're talking about the three-year-old division. Let's right now, if you wouldn't mind, let's uh, rewind and go to go to the two-year-old division. Uh, we've got a Grade One race out at Los Alamitos. Obviously, reflection of the full crop. Uh, very surprising that we couldn't get more than five horses together for a Grade One half a million dollar race. The Los Alamitos Futurity. I don't know about you, but I'm having a hard time separating the extremely promising Dortmund from the red-hot stable of Bob Baffert, who set two-track records at Los Alamitos last week, and Mr. Z, who's in the hands of Hall of Famer D. Wayne Lucas, that put an extremely strong race in the uh, the Delta uh Jackie Cup, uh, Jackpot, I'm sorry, the Delta Jackpot, uh, just missing out to Ocho, Ocho, Ocho. It was a head-bopping finish. Um, I don't know about you, but I, I'm having a hard time separating those two. If you got another horse, tell me about it. Yeah, well, Dortmund, uh, you know, named for the, the German soccer club, uh, kind of the same connection, the same owner as uh, Bayern. He's uh, obviously a Bundesliga fan. I'm, a, I'm kind of a soccer fan myself, so... I uh, appreciate their their clever naming of this horse. Uh, Dortmund, the soccer team, is actually not doing very good this year, but uh, Dortmund, the Colt, is, uh, man, he's been lights out. And it's surpri- I was surprised. Maybe maybe everybody's uh, scared of him, but, you know, you said the reflection of the full crop, it, it has been a long year. People are kind of winding down. Last year, when Shared Belief was in this race, they had 12 horses, um, and he was even money in here. Um, so I was surprised that, uh, when, when the race is run at Hollywood park, of course, this year it's, it's being run at Los Al. Uh, yeah, Dortmund of course did it in Santa Anita and won at Churchill. Um, you know, an interesting horse is, uh, I'm, I'm anxious to see how the form kind of, uh, translates. You know, I do think, uh, no problem. Yeah. I knew you were going there. Three prep last time. Uh, the horse, all right, all right, uh, beat. Uh, firing line, the, the five horse in here, first time out, and then all right, all right, came back and was second in the Bob Hope. That race was on poly track. Now, this horse won on the dirt at Santa Anita. That was for Maiden 75. So, you know, who knows? I guess if you're, if you're trying to maybe shop around for a price. Um, but like you said, Dortmund, Mr. Z, I mean, you know, Lucas has had a good year shipping horses, uh, Churchill out to, out to the West Coast and then back and then kind of shipping them all over. And Mr. Z, you know, he's, he was second in a couple of stakes up here at Saratoga, and actually the horse I spent it that was uh, that won the Saratoga Special, in my opinion, is really one of the better two-year-olds this year. He kind of didn't really finish out the year; he had some uh, physical issues, but I know they they stopped on him, and he was he ran a good second to him that day uh, up here at Saratoga. And his race in the jackpot was pretty good. Of course, uh, uh, Lucas's Philly Take Charge Brandy, who you mentioned, came back and won the Starlet, which was last weekend off that Delta jackpot. Uh, weekend, she won the, the Delta Princess, and then she came back and went to Los Al. So, 
you know, uh, D Wayne, he's having a he's having a good year with those kind of horses. Um, you, you can't yeah. count him out. He he's a Hall of oh. Famer. Well, we're talking with Tom Law, and uh, what we're going to do is we're going to uh, pay some bills right now, and we come back as good as we can. We're going to break down two feature races at Gulfstream Park this weekend: the Tropical Park Derby and Oaks. Last chance for the three-year-olds. You're listening to Winning Ponies. to the pros we we cover everything let your voice be heard voice america sports and they're off what can't make it to the track you can still get all the action with winningponies.com the home of the easy win form the most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds quarters and arabian horses at most american and canadian tracks whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry. Let winningponies.com make some money for you. Introducing the one two, three Racing Pick 6, America's newest and most exciting wager. It's the bet that puts you in the race. Win the new $2 wager by scoring points across six races to scoop the national pool. If you love handicapping contests, you'll love one two, three Racing. Compete against America on track and online now. Pools are open at 123bet.com. This month, there are $100,000 in guaranteed payouts. Learn more and wager now at 123bet.com. That's 123bet.com. Licensed and regulated in the USA. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, John Engelhart. Got a tip for us? Need a tip from us? If you want to talk with John or his guests, the phone lines are now open toll-free at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or you can send an email to show at winningponies.com. Now, back to Winning Ponies with John Engelhart. All right, and back with me, Tom Law, one of the sharpest guys in the game, no doubt about it, managing editor of ST Publishing and a multiple award-winning writer, but one hell of a handicapper, too. We're going to go to Gulfstream Park. we got the Tropical Park Derby and the Oaks. That means that there are three-year-olds going to post. And uh, when I look at the Tropical Park Derby, all I can say is these three-year-olds all come into this race with a lot of turf talent. Now, this race I found somewhat handicappable, the Oaks impossible, uh, three horses rose to the top to me. Um, two of them, because they were graded stakes place, uh, two times at least, uh, were Other Cheek and, and Smooth Daddy. And, and the other one is a graded stakes horse by the name of Daddy's Kid. Again, it's amazing how deep this field is, how big this field is, and how many of these horses have had success on the grass. Absolutely. And there's a horse in here that's actually a grade two winner. Uh, Walliana, the 13, uh, it's funny. I actually, I previewed him before he ran in the hall of fame stakes up at Saratoga. And, uh, 
he won the race. And I, I, I sort of struck up a friendship with his owner, Tim O'Donoghue, who's a, a great guy. He's kind of had a great year this year. And that really kind of was one of the, one of his big wins. And, and, uh, he was just over the moon inviting me to dinner and everything. I was like, I can't, I wish I could, I, I'm on deadline, but I think Wally Anna's uh, going to be a decent horse. You mentioned, uh, the, the horse that I like in here is daddy's kid, uh, carried 145 pounds last time in a, in a, a training flat race at, at, uh, uh, great meadow in, in, in Virginia, where they actually—I I wanted to that. ask you what yeah. that. Like, I'll be honest with you; I got a big question mark. I, I didn't know where that track sure. was. It's GRM in the Daily Racing form. Yeah, it's Great Meadow, and they run a steeplechase meet. Uh, they're in Virginia. I think they believe they're in the Virginia Gold Cup. It's a timber race, but they they have legal paramutual wagering in there. And now with the with uh, the void of Colonial Downs, at least temporarily, they're trying to have some some racing there. And they had. They, they normally have a couple training flat races, mile and eight, mile, mile and a half, maybe for potential jumpers, maybe sometimes flat horses kind of recoup it. You know, there's no purse, or, or sometimes there's no purse. These races they actually did have a purse. And uh, they overfilled, like, so many of the races that they had to add on a bunch of races. Well, this horse showed up in one of them, and uh, he was actually the favorite in it. Um, and I think the two horses that finished ahead of him are, are actual jumpers. Um, yeah, they only and, carried uh, 150 pounds. Yeah, I know. So he's uh, he's going to carry 29 pounds less in this race. Now, you know, if, if you're into that, it's not really usually an angle that I follow, but I was like, you know what? <laughs> if he's going to be a price, that's worth it. But and then, you know, it's nine to two, so it's not uh, not crazy. But like I said, my man Wally Anna, who was 23 to one the day he won the Hall of Fame at Saratoga, uh, is 15 to one on the line. So he could he could be uh, one in there to, to look at. Oh well, that see, I, I handicap without any odds, so I have I have no idea. Wally Anna's fifteen to one, pretty impressive yeah, yeah, uh, for being yeah. the only actual graded stakes stakes winner in there. Um, yeah. Or I'm going to give a, a little extra look too. And I went up, I, I checked the Weather Channel. Is um, Smooth Daddy? Now I, I know there's he, he's kind of going to be one of the horses to come and catch. But I noticed his last two races, one at Saratoga, one at Belmont. He caught kind of soft courses. His last wire-to-wire win was on a firm track, and it looks like the weather's going to be good down there in Miami. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think he could be very dangerous on a fast track. Uh, Smooth Daddy, uh, Tom Albatrani trained, and Javier Castellano in the saddle. you got odds in front of you. What are his odds? 7-2. to two. He's the morning line favorite. And okay. Javier, of course, is, is getting on uh, for the first time. Jose Ortiz, who's, who's a good turf rider. Uh, rode him last time, but uh, you're right. I mean, he did that. He won that turf race at Saratoga on August 16th. It was very, very firm then when he won that race. And he caught, you know, Ring Weekend. And, uh, uh, you know, there was a horse named Long on Value that was in one of those races, came back and won the Twilight Derby at, uh, at Santa Anita. So he's a deserving uh, favorite. Of course, uh, you know, this is a, this is a, a a decent move for Albertrani. A couple month layoff for him is uh, is right up his alley. And, he, and the horse has won at Gulfstream as well, so he's uh, you know he's a logical horse. But you know he could be a, a still a decent value because of the size of the field. All right, Tom, I'm going to give you an impossible task right here. My producer Michael's telling me I only got about a minute and a half left. Uh, the Tropical Park Oaks. This has to be one of the most wide open races I've seen all year. Give me a horse or two to kind of look at, and I'll put all my long shots underneath. Well, I always say don't bet against Kitten's Joys that Ken Ramsey has, and Granny Max Kitten is in here. She's 6-1 to one with uh, Joelle Rosario and, and, and Chad Brown. She's 
defense. I think uh, Dancing House, uh, Kieran McLaughlin's horse, the four in here. She's four to one, so she's one of the lower priced horses. I, it's, this is a very, very tough race, like you said. So I, I'm kind of tend to inclined to to maybe pick against. Uh, shorter price horses just because when the races seem so tough, but sometimes when the races seem really tough, then they always run true to form. You know, it's, uh, it's weird. So dancing house, I guess, uh, maybe a little bit of a, of a price with granny Max kitten. Well, we'll find out if our winning ponies listeners are, are tuned in. Uh, the Tropical Park Oaks, it's a jockey merry-go-round. It's speed versus closers. A lot of these three-year-olds have been facing older horses, Good luck. you got a skillion angles. But what I have on the air right now is, uh, again, one of my favorite people in racing, uh, Tom Law, up there in Saratoga. Uh, please go to his site. Uh, this is horseracing.com. It's always fresh. It's always intelligent. Tom, I want to thank you once again for joining us here on Winning Ponies. Absolutely, anytime. We actually got some new, good, some good fresh content on the site uh, today, quite a few things. We're doing our year in review. And we're letting the, the readers decide. We're going with our most heavily trafficked stories as our year-in-review stories this year. So, good stuff. I love it. It's a great way to go. Well, let's bring in the fans. That's what we try to do here at Winning Ponies. I want to thank you all for listening, and I wish you all the happiest of holidays. I want to thank our sponsor, 123bet.com, and my producer, Michael, for putting up with me and taking him down to the last few seconds so we get out on time. Thanks a lot, everybody. Remember, bet with your head. Not over it. Thanks for listening to Winning Ponies with John Engelhart. We know the information from today's show will help you at the next post. Keep listening for more next Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Network. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.